0: Welcome to the NABC Guardians of the Game podcast, where we go inside what makes a coach a coach. The NABC Guardians of the Game podcast is a production of the National Association of Basketball Coaches and Learfield. Now, here's your host, Coach Gary Waters. Today we have a special guest, Randy Bennett.
1: Coach, glad to have you. Great to have you, Gary. Good to uh, be part of this and uh, look forward to this little podcast. Okay.
0: Well, you know, one of the things we do to start off the podcast, we usually start it off with a phrase. And that phrase says, when you hear the phrase guardian of the game, what does that mean to you?
1: I would just say a a group that is uh, trying to protect the integrity of the game for just for coaches and for student athletes. Uh,
0: That's, that's totally true coach. And, uh, and, and I think that fits into your whole background. You're the son of a coach, but even taking a step further, you played for your coach. Now, how many do that? I don't do that too often. (laughs) (laughs) So when did you see coaching being a part of your future?
1: Uh, pretty early on. I, I thought, uh, yeah, I was around it. So you, you don't know that it's affecting you when you're young, but it is affecting you. Just, you see that lifestyle. And for me, I liked it. I knew I wanted, I wanted to play as long as I could. And when I was done playing, I I, I just always thought I'd go into coaching. So I don't know, probably High school, maybe early college is. I was uh, was encouraged to prepare academically for something else, but uh, <laughs> I was no. I was never going another direction.
0: You know what happens though. You know, for me now being in retirement, you know, uh, you see different things go on, and one of the things that comes to mind is like what you just said there. Uh, You know, you were prepared to do something else. And and oftentimes coaches become uh, defined by the game that they're in, that they're working in and whatever. But there are many other things that you can do in your life because you've been trained to do those other things at an early age. So I get it. I get the understanding.
1: Next question for I think just on (laughs) it, people don't (laughs) understand how much hustle coaches have like they they have to survive they have to hustle they you're you're trying to help your kids you're, you're you're student athletes you just coaches know how to survive know how to hustle and um i think i think what i would like to i, I always try to encourage our players that you know the basketball will eventually stop bouncing and and you need to prepare for that and cuz our guys are at the level we're at, we have a lot of guys who go on and play pro, but even if they do, unless they hit it at the highest level, which is really hard to do, the NBA, you're going to have to work again. So, we really, I try and emphasize to our kids that, because when you're 18 to 23, you're not thinking about that, but I try and encourage them to prepare for that day academically. And yes. We as coaches and adults, we understand how important it is. Life's not easy. And when you get in the real world, it's tough. We just we all saw this through COVID, but they're gonna have to have some skills to to survive in the real world when when they're done playing. So it worked. It helped me, and I think it. I wouldn't be doing a good job if I didn't encourage our players to do the same. Very good, very good. And let me tell you, this Zoom is a part of the new way. Hey, everybody's <laughs> on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still well,
0: learning. <laughs> well, let me say this to you, Randy. You've been around uh, and worked with some very good coaches like Hank Egan and Tim Floyd and and uh, Romar. I mean, Lorenzo Romar. You've been around some good people. And ultimately, those people are, you know, are what keep you moving and, and help you define yourself. So I'm going to ask you a question. How did they help you?
1: To become a coach. Well, I think uh, who you work with early on probably um, probably leaves the the most lasting impression on you because they have you because you're with them early in your career, and uh, so I was with Hank Egan, and uh, he when people ask me about Hank, like he, he was just a he was a coach with great integrity and, Ooh, good. and he helped me there because you can get you can get a little screwed up when you coach and you especially when you're young and you think it's all about winning or getting the next player or trying to climb the ladder. And he was uh it was great for me on that because there was none of that in him. And he he'd been in our Air Force for 25 years and went to University of San Diego. So he not only on the court, but off court, he he really was key to me and uh key to me having a chance to survive in this profession and and in the right way. so and then uh, coach floyd, he was uh i I, I didn't know what I, I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything. I didn't even know what I didn't know. and uh <laughs> he he was shrewd in the game, shrewd in the recruiting, shrewd in the whole deal. He'd worked for Don Haskins. So he really he he really kind of taught me all about the the business that way, so those guys were key those are the first two guys I worked for um Tim as a grad for as a grad assistant and Hank as a full-time assistant at University of San Diego but they and then it, from there on it's just been working with my assistants worked with Lorenzo and uh Brad Hall early on and then then my assistants for the last twenty two years have been Big, big impacts on on the way I coach and uh, helping me as a person.
0: Well, I'm going to tell you this. You know, you take Hayden and Tim Floyd, they were very successful in the profession. And so that kind of stuff rubs off on you. You may not realize it, but it rubs off on you. Exactly. You you know, uh, you've been to 14 consecutive postseason tournaments. Now, that's pretty good, Randy. That's really good. And uh, and I know it's not easy. You and I both know that. And you've primarily been to the NCAA and the NIT. That you just don't get to those two places unless you have good teams and they're doing a good job. But you have you you have controlled that part of of the game of basketball. Tell me how.
1: Oh, you know the answer. Good good players. Good good assistant coaches. Good people around you. I, I've been fortunate. I really have. People think you, you, you're speaking, just trying to be humble, but you, you don't do it without good players. And our players may not be as well-known as some other players, but we've had good players. And uh, so that, and then I've had really good assistants. A lot of them uh, have gone on to Division I head coaches and other levels, but it, it, you you can't. You don't do it by yourself. And I've been really lucky to have good athletic directors and worked at a good place and been here long enough that um, I think they appreciate me and I certainly appreciate St. Mary's College and all the people I've worked for here. Well, that's good because you've been there now for 20, and that's
0: pretty definite. You've been there for 22 years. (laughs) Yeah, in this business it is. And that's a lot of longevity. My question on that is, why has this program been such a great fit for it uh,
1: i think saint mary's college is uh an small private school and it's it's a it, you have intimate relationships at this school like there's small classes you're going to know your teachers you're going to know the president you're going to know those people and i i think that's kind of how i think it should be well, that's how I like it. I like it that way. That's how we run our program. We get to see our guys a lot. Um, they're kind of in an environment where they're going to be around. And so I think it leans, leans towards building tight teams. Um, I would say we have a tight program, tight relationships and that's kind of how everybody's not the same. I just think that's a good way to do it. So it's, uh, it's been a good fit for me and, uh, I think I've been a good fit for this place
0: well have you ever thought about uh doing something different moving on I mean going to a higher level to uh, to, to do your thing because success is success anyway my question to you have you ever thought about that does
1: retiring count <laughs> 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 no nah, i've uh I've always been happier I just I've always thought that if it ain't broke don't fix it and uh, I've always thought we could be better here than if I went, went and took over a program where you had to turn it around. So, and it's whatever, it's worked because we've had, like I said, good players and I've had good staffs.
0: Yeah, that's, that's what it's all about. Even with that,
1: you're in a league
0: with Gonzaga. You two have been really doing a fantastic job within that league and national. I'll have uh you know your program, and theirs fitted in the same space, but have great success
1: well gonzag has been uh you know they've set the bar, they've set the standard and uh so they've people would think hey we're there's animosity there I, I just know from our side there isn't there's competitiveness, but they have uh they've been great for this league, they've been great for us they've uh they've elevated our program because in order to win the league which we have several times you're gonna have to go through them and they have i mean nobody's i don't think anybody's run their program better than mark few in the last 15 years like they, their consistency's been unbelievable and the players they put out and they do a really good job coaching the whole deal so that's, you know, that's who we've been chasing the whole way. And, and by doing that, it's it's made us better. It's made us work harder. So they uh I hope, I hope they feel the same, but I know uh it's been key to our program. And yes, we want to, we wanna beat them, we wanna take the championship every year, but it's you're gonna have to go through them to do it.
0: Well, you're exactly right. And that's that competitive edge. You know, I had a similar situation when I was at Cleveland state, if you remember, and we had to play Butler every year to get in, to get there with Brad Stevens. So, you know, you, it makes you better as a coach, but it also elevates your team and make them strive for success to a higher level. And I think you've done that and you've performed at that level. And, and I expect you to continue to do so. Now, you know, your first postseason appearance, or let's say in your first six years, you didn't, you weren't having as much success as you're having now. Then all of a sudden, you just took off, and you haven't looked
1: back since.
0: How did that? How did that come about? Tell me how you feel about all that.
1: Yeah, just reflecting back, <laughs> I wish I could <laughs> say, yeah, I had this plan. This is going to be how it was going to go. Uh, I took the job here. It was, uh, the program was down and I, we just, we just took it one day at a time. And, uh, I never really thought, Hey, in four years we'll be in the NCAA tournament. I didn't, I just didn't, I probably should have, but I didn't. We were just trying to improve each year and kind of what we're doing now too is just try and get better. And, uh, so our fourth year, we made the NCAA tournament. We, we just kind of had to piecemeal it together. Then we, however whether it's uh, junior college transfers or a transfer or a leftover from that came here as a freshman with the other coaching staff and we just we're just trying to figure it out and uh, we stumbled into the Australian connection it was totally a fluke and we yeah we just kept finding good players here and there and and after we went and made the tournament my fourth year, which now looking back on it, it's like, I don't know how we did that, but we did. Then we rebuilt the program. We lost like five of those top seven and we had to rebuild the program. And that time when we rebuilt it, we did it with four year guys. And so that was like Omar, Sam and Diamond Simpson here came Mickey McConnell, Patty Mills, Matt Delvadova. And then once we built, that's, that's the way you should build it at St. Mary's. That's what this school's designed for. And, uh, and that's actually what works in our league. But once we did that, then we've been 15 straight in it NCA. in CA. We, We've just, it was uh, on much more of a solid foundation and that, and then we ran the program the way that I would prefer. And that's, a development program, guys stay four and five years and everybody graduates and the whole whole deal. But it at first it wasn't like that. We had to we had to do what we had to do to to have success. And then that helped recruiting and all that. So that's a long-winded answer, but that's kind of how it went. And I it's funny because when I reflect back on my years here, one of my favorite years was our worst record, but my first year. And uh, just because the things those guys had to fight through, I mean, we have it so much better now. We charter our flights to games. And we're able to buy games. Back then, we were just scrapping. And there's a just a group of us that kept trying to get better and have good attitudes and work hard. Well, I tell you, I, you, know, that's a great formula what you just <laughs> mentioned
0: it. It's still <laughs> with all that with all that said looking back at during all that time how have you evolved as a coach
1: i think uh if you you know pay attention and work at, at it just experience will really help you i think it's helped me you you don't it's not year three to year four, all of a sudden you say, gosh, I'm a good coach now. It's not like that. It's like, uh, it's like getting fat. It, you know, it happens a little each day that all of a sudden you realize you're a little overweight. So it's, uh, you don't even know what's happening. And that's, you just keep working at it. And little by little, you look back. I look back 10 years ago, I'm a better coach now than then. I just, I think you get there because of experience. Yeah. You, you just keep seeing things over and over and you learn how to handle those situations. And that's, you know, not just on the court. I think uh, one of the biggest things is um, managing people, dealing with people with trying to make them help them. And help them manage their situations as well. And I think early on, you're a little <laughs> a little more feisty and react quicker and maybe overreact. and i'm I'm sure uh, I did that some, but as you get older, you' you pause for poise a little bit and and you you can recall past experiences, how you did this, or this kid was like this. You just you've seen. You just seen so so many uh, at bats, so to speak, that you know how to handle it better. I get it. I get it. You uh, you definitely get it. You went through it. (laughs) (laughs) The
0: last question I have for you, and uh, this has been good. Uh, It's been great just hearing, just, you know, getting, I hadn't heard from you in a while. So just to hear your voice felt good. like. What is the most important advice you can give a young coach today that's starting out in the profession?
1: Uh, The thought that jumps to my head right away is be loyal. And uh, Mm -hmm. yes, I think as as a head coach, you appreciate that so much from your players and your assistant coaches. I think, obviously, I mean, the, the basics, work hard, have a great attitude. I think those are just, life skills and uh yeah. in coaching you can often see other programs other maybe another coach another assistant um maybe they get, they're they able to get things that you're not able to get yet and you worry about that just worry about doing a good good uh great job where you're at be loyal yeah, to yeah. those people who hire you And I think it'll work out, but it's, it's a tough racket. Uh, Most guys have to, most young guys to get in, they have to volunteer or do a grad school thing and pay for, basically pay for all your living expenses. And maybe you get some crumbs here and there as far as working a camp. That's how most of us started. And you're, you're talking about some, sharp guys some bright guys that their passion is to coach so they sacrifice maybe taking a job of a hundred thousand dollars in another craft to go do what they love and so it's uh it'll put you in some funny spaces like you like what are you doing and then life starts making decisions for you you get married you have kids and you're trying to climb this ladder to get into a sustainable position where you can, you know, take care of your family, all that. So through all that, work hard, have a great attitude and be loyal.
0: Well, you know, especially the loyal part of it today in our profession with all the things that's going down with the portal and, the, and NIL, you know, that's become harder and harder, but you're exactly right. Loyalty is a key factor. In my book, 10 Principles of a Character Coach, that's the final principle, loyalty, because that's so important.
1: I got to get the book. Yeah. Learn Ten, nine. Principle.
0: Ten principles of a character coach. It's all about having character. I love it. So, I'll okay. pick it up. Okay. Randy, it's been great having you. You've done a fabulous job. And and I know you, you're you busy and you're getting ready to win another championship.
1: So continue to work and do your thing. Gary, thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. It's fun. And uh, if I can help in any way in ABC or Guardians of the Game, let me know.